welcome. You are listening to the U Urban Bible Study Weekly Leaders Training Podcast. The U curriculum is especially created by and for urban and multi-ethnic churches. This podcast is designed to help leaders lead a Bible study using LifeWay's U Urban Bible Study resources. Each week, we examine a biblical passage, review some questions teachers may face, and give a practical teaching tip. I'm Dr. Mark Croston, General Editor for the U Bible Study, and today I'm joined by Brenda Croston. She is one of our trainers for LifeWay Women. Hello, Brenda. Hello, Mark. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to, talk about this lesson this week. The special focus is valued by God. Our scripture passage is Psalm 139. I do want to give a brief disclaimer, a quick disclaimer. Um, this lesson could lead to us talking about some very, very sensitive subjects. And so I invite you all to uh, start praying now. Start praying for a tender heart, right? We may say something that um, the Holy Spirit has been trying to confirm in your heart. And so begin right now praying for a tender heart as we talk about how we as human beings are valued by God. All right. So our point today is God values life and we should too. And so how can we value others the way God does? So our first point is this, God values all of us. And so uh, let me read the first uh, passage, Psalm 139, 1 through 6. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from a, from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. So, wow, this is a great passage uh, in the scripture that speaks to this point. God values all of us. And so, you know, when you value something, you you have to know what it is before you can truly value it. And that's what, I, I you know, I just kind of see over and over in this first section of Psalm 139, where he talks about how well God knows him. And 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 this is a big issue because a lot of times people feel like uh, people don't understand me, uh, people don't see me, people don't know me, uh, and yet God, God speaks here to those who feel like they've been invisible or uncounted or unknown. And God is saying here that he knows us because he is the one who ultimately has uh, created us and he values us. You know, when I sit down, when I stand up, you know, my thoughts, you know, where I go and where and where I rest, you know, all my ways, you know, my words before I speak them. And uh, and then uh, you have placed your hand on me. So 
Why, why do we do all that? Why does God say all that? He says that because he values us. That's a powerful, powerful, uh, um, you know, some powerful words in that particular passage. So what do you see in there, Brenda? Um, I think we have mistakenly made this passage solely about us. When we approach the scripture text, we should approach it wondering what should I know about God? And so I think as we are talking about valuing the value that God has on us, we must first focus on him, right? We must focus on his loving attributes. Like this is a God, do we really understand that this is a God who knows everything about us? He cares about our rising and our falling. He cares about our small situations. He cares about so many things about us. And if we were to focus on that, our love for him would grow and our ability to accept his love would um, broaden. And as a result, we would begin to see the value in others. I think that's why we don't value others as much is because we don't really know who God is. We don't really understand his character. We don't know how much he really loves and values us. And if we got that understanding, we would place greater value on other human beings. Right. So God values all of us. And so we should value one another. The reason we know that God places value is because God is so intimately involved and knows us so well. And so one of the things that can help us in valuing one another too is is that idea of getting to know people, right? So often we make our decisions and determinations based on our limited knowledge, sometimes based on our prejudices, uh, and rather than truly knowing who that person is. So if God takes the time to know us this way because he values us, we ought to also take time to know somebody else's story. I, I think about the movie uh uh with the blue people uh Avatar and uh and so there's this scene where uh the girl is talking to Jake Sully and 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 she is uh, communicating a way that they talk about knowing one that she says, I see you. And so and that meant not just that I see you with my physical eyes, but that I really know who you are on the inside. I see you. And I would say that uh, this this lesson speaks to so many people who are around us because they feel like nobody understands Nobody sees me. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows uh, the attacks or whatever it is. But but uh, we should all take comfort because God sees. God knows you. And uh, he knows you just as intimately as David understands he is known by God in this text. So that's uh, that's great. So we are valued by God because God uh, God values all of us, uh, and we know this, we are valued by God because God is with all of us, right? Um, so we are all, this. the whole idea of this lesson is 
not just about me, but a reminder that all of us are valued by God. And so, you know, you'll take some time and read the introduction where it talks about some of the tragedies that have gone on in uh, our country uh, over these past several years uh, where and that make that make us particularly as black people sometimes feel like we are less valued than others. And so if you have felt that because of the media and all of the things that have gone on, this ought to this lesson ought to be a great encouragement to you. So God values all of us and God is with us. Let's read uh, verses seven through 10. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. And so this is a this is a great thing uh, in this second one that reminder that God is with each one of us. Now there's a particular word. I'll just point this out, and then uh, uh, you can talk to this, Brenda. Um, and it talks about um, if I make my bed in heaven, or if I make my bed in hell. Uh, or Sheol, it says there in the text. And so Sheol is uh, uh, some is is the abode of the right of of people beyond this life. Sheol is not the place at the cemetery, right? The Hebrew word for the place at the cemetery is the word kibar. So if I'm taking somebody and putting them in. Uh, in a vault or in a, a hole in the ground in the cemetery or something like that. That is the Hebrew word kabar. It is not using the word kabar. So it's not really talking about the place where our physical bodies lay and rest. It's talking about the place where our spirits rest. And so uh, sometimes uh, in the in the in the note, it says the abode of the dead. It is the resting place of departed spirits. And sometimes people might have said in that time, it is the mysterious beyond because they didn't have a full understanding of all the stuff that happened even after after this life in death. And so, but that is where uh, where uh, he's talking about if if I, if I'm in heaven. Or if I'm in uh, Sheol, the abode of the dead, he says, you're, you're still there. So it's a wonder that there's there, there is no place in this life, this is what it says, and no place beyond this life where God is not with us. So what are you thinking, Brenda? That's good news. That's really good news. However, I want to make a practical application as it comes to, as it pertains to race relations. So I think it's under, it's important for us to understand that God is with us all, even if we're white, even if we're Chinese, even if we're Indian. I think in my young Christian mind, 
I only had a vision of heaven. My vision of heaven, there was only gospel music being played, you know, Shirley Caesar. And then I grew up a little more. And then, you know, there was, there were my Caucasian brothers and sisters. Um, my point is, I think that we would value one another more if we understood that God is with us all. Even the people that we consider um, our oppressors, right? So let's just talk, let's just talk openly about the our culture of today. The culture of today, there is really such racial tension going on. I think as African Americans, we need to understand that God is not just with us on our side in the ways that we have been oppressed, but God is with the oppressor. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. But what I mean by that is, is that um, number one, everybody that we consider oppressors aren't. And two, that God's desire is that everyone would be saved, right? He wants everyone saved. And so we as Christians, we ought to place that value on everyone, regardless to the skin color, regardless to our history with our Caucasian brothers and sisters, we got to place that value on them, that God is with them. He is seeking to know, I mean, he knows them. They're, they're lying down and they're getting up as well. And he desires to draw them to himself. And I, I just really believe that if we took on that mindset, that the body of Christ would be the first to starting start, start uh, the first in healing the racial divide. Okay, great. So um, this ought to give us comfort wherever we are, wherever we go, whatever circumstance that we're in, uh, that we know that God is there with us. Let me let me just uh, tie together something from the first section and something from this section too. Um, in verse number five, it says that he has encircled us and you have placed your hand on us. And so uh, this idea of God encircling us is the fact that God's presence is always with us. He is uh, 360 degrees around us to protect us from every hurt, harm, and danger. And so uh, why does he protect us? He protects us because he values us. And he and, and the only reason he's able to protect us is because he is there with us. The scripture says he is a very present help in the time of trouble. That means that God has to be right there with us at all times. So just keep in mind that Job is not the only one with a hedge around him, right? We all know about Job's hedge, but this reminds us that all of us have a hedge. Peter's First Peter says a garrison uh, around us. Jesus said he has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. And so whichever way you want to express it, or from whichever text you want to take it, is the idea that God is always there and he surrounds us with his holy presence to protect us from uh, every evil that might come against us. Why does he do this? He can do it because he's there with us 
And the reason he does it is because he values us and he values. I thank you. Thank you, uh, Brenda, for uh, broadening the scope of of that uh, understanding because he values everybody. Right. And so what do we teach our kids when they're little? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And he doesn't stop loving us when we stop being little children. He loves us from the cradle to the grave. I'm I'm excited about that. So uh, so how do we then uh, bring this home? We're reminded that he does all of this because God created all of us. We are all his creation. Let's read these last verses, starting at verse number 13. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because... I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Wow, so what what a powerful uh, passage and statement. Uh, This is a reminder that God created every single one of us. And and so so God's creative power is not just active in the beginning that we see in the book of Genesis. His creative power is is active in the life of every individual. Um, it says that I was he he knit me together in my mother's womb. Now I've I've tried to knit at different times. I don't like it, but I've tried to learn a little bit of that skill. It is very tedious and. And those, you know, um, knots are very small as they're putting things together. And that's the that's the phrase that the writer uses here. So it could have been translated that he covers me or he wove me. In essence, the psalmist is describing himself as a beautiful work of art fashioned by the creator God. This ought to this ought to uh, give a shout to somebody because this says that God intimately wove you together like you are, and so sometimes we look at ourselves and and with all of the uh, things that society teaches us and, and presses on us, and sometimes we don't even like ourselves. We wish that could I, I wish I could be lighter. I wish I could be darker. 
I wish I could be taller or shorter. I wish I could be thinner or wider. Um, all these things that, um, you know, people constantly, uh, you know, think about and beat themselves up and, and feel bad about and, and depress themselves over. And, and God is saying here that he knit you just like you are because because God wanted to use you. huh? He, he created spe those special things in your life in, because he could get glory for himself out of the way that he created you. He says, verse 15, my bones were not hidden from you because uh, when you made me in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth, you saw me when I was formless. You know, uh, the mothers come home from the hospital with those little, uh, uh, what do you call that, uh, ultrasound pictures uh, of a thing that doesn't always look fully human, right? But it is fully human. It's, it's just at a particular stage. And he says that God saw me even then. And, and then he says, my days are written in your book and plan before a single one of them began. And that's because God is the ultimate planner. And he is, they used to tell me this. I remember hearing this so many times as a teenager, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And, and I didn't always fully understand or appreciate that as a teenager, but now looking back on my life, I can see that that is absolutely true. God doesn't let us know all the details of the plan in advance, but you who feel like you're not being valued, like your life doesn't matter, God knit you together and placed you because he wanted to do some fantastic things through your life. And because he is a planner, and, and the truth is that even though you might feel rejected by some at times, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. What are you thinking, Brenda? Well, this excites me very much when I think about the creator God. So David is very, um, he makes sure to talk about the fact that God created us in this intimate way. Um, and he also points out something that may not be as obvious. There's a commonality here and a uniqueness, right? So the commonality with us is that God created us all. Our inner workings are about the same, right? We all have a heart that pumps blood through our bodies. We have lungs that, you know, um, facilitate our receiving oxygen. Our inner workings are the same. However, he, the, the uniqueness is, is that we're all different and we're all expressions of God, right? And so when we are, when we all come together and work the work together the way that we're supposed to, we create this amazing picture of God. Did you know that scientists have not found any marker that identifies us as one ethnicity or another? It, it, they can't find it, right? We have created these races when God only created one human race. And so this whole idea of 
how God has uniquely knitted our inner workings to be common, but there are parts of us that are different. And when all of those things come together, we paint this amazing picture of God that excites me so much. And it gives me confidence. It gives me confidence. I am the image of God. There, me, I, I, I represent a piece of who God is. And so um, I, I want to encourage all little brown girls and brown boys and all, all sorts or every ethnicity that is under the sun to be confident in your representation of God. All right. So part of God's ultimate plan is not just for this life. It's also to get us to heaven. And isn't it wonderful to know that we will not be uh, our, our, our racial distinctions will not be erased when we get to heaven? Huh? They'll be magnified in the in, in the beauty of co the completeness of God's creation. We will all be a part of God's beautiful bouquet of people of with every one of our ethnicities on display. It says in the book of Revelation, it says when we get when we get to heaven, it says there'll be people of every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Uh, standing before the throne. And so that is a reminder to us that, that, uh, if, if our differences were our imperfections, they would not show up in heaven. But since our differences are a part of the beauty of God's creation, they will remain with us even when we get to heaven. Isn't that exciting? Uh, exciting to know. And uh, so uh, I, I pray that you are encouraged as you think about this study. Um, so uh, because you matter to God, your life, who you are, matters to him. He knows you and he loves you. And, uh, and, and, and God has a great plan because he wants to use you. And so that's that's fantastic. So I know you're going to have a great discussion, a great discussion when you get in your classes and and talk about this lesson valued by God. We all are. And uh, and so I want you to hold on if you're a Bible study teacher just for a moment, because Brenda's going to give us a powerful one minute teaching tip. But I just want to remind everybody that you uh, can get your own copy of the U Bible study. Everybody in your class needs their own copy. You can find it at uh, u.lifeway.com. That's y-o-u.lifeway.com. It is our urban cultural forward Bible study. It comes in paper and digital formats. There's a teacher's guide included in the back of the book. It also included our daily devotional pages that keep us engaged in the Bible every day. Uh, there's a leader's pack, and it aligns with our Bible Studies for Life student and kids curriculum, so there's something for everybody. And I hope you'll pick up your copy quickly today. All right, Brenda, give us our teaching tip for today. Okay, I have one minute to challenge you leaders to get your learners, to give your learners, excuse me, a homework assignment. 
So once you're finished this great discussion about being valued by God, challenge the learners to keep a log for seven days. It, it would even be nice if you provided them one of those Dollar Tree journals and ask them to write down every time a negative prejudice comes up about another person. Tell them don't try to alter it, to be open and honest about it. Nobody else is going to see it but them and God to keep that log for seven days. And on that seventh day, read over that log and submit it to God in prayer. We cannot value God's people if we are not honest about how we really feel about them. And so challenge them to keep that log and you do the same, keep that log, write down those prejudices. Don't try to alter it. Be honest with yourself and God and then submit it to him in prayer. You're going to be surprised at what happens in your lives as a result. All right. What a powerful and timely lesson this is. Uh, it really is. Uh, it is a reminder to us that that all, takes all of this together, the understanding that every one of us is valued by God to, to push us to fulfill God's great commission and God's great commandment. Remember, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. That's everybody, huh? Every ethnicity, every tribe, every language, every tongue, every style. God loves them all. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't, don't just think about the things here on earth. Keep an eternal view in your mind as well. So have a great time when you have this study in your classes and join us again for another You Bible Study podcast because you never know where God will take you. Thank you.